and Merry Christmas Eve. It is, uh, I don't think we're short on Winter Wonderland. I think we have plenty of Winter Wonderland. But um, in, in our lesson connection today uh, for this lesson, it's talking about a young man who was in a place that he wasn't very happy about at the moment. And we can find ourselves in places that we're not very happy about at the moment. This young man was serving God with his family in a foreign country, willingly went there to serve. But it was Christmas time, and it didn't seem like Christmas. And he was very upset in his traipsing through the road to get to where he was going, and it was wet and yucky and raining and puddles everywhere, and I am stepping in puddles and getting all nasty, and I just don't like this. My sweet daughter wants to have Christmas like we used to have Christmas and winter wonderland and, and what we enjoy. I mean, I do remember almost not having snow if several Christmases ago and we thought, oh, are we going to have... <laughs> and, and I grew up with snow for Christmas. So it, it's something that if you grow up in the northern hemisphere, you are in, in not a desert area. You, are, you want snow for Christmas. And if you live in an area, they create snow for Christmas. And, and, and so, but Christmas, no matter when... It is celebrated. I mean, society would, um, in our culture, I mean, we, to promote um, uh, co commerce, they, you know, they have Christmas in July, and they have Christmas here, and they have, I mean, you, you can see that stuff really early. But no matter where you are, it's always time to worship and remember Christmas and the reason for Christmas. Um, our, our lesson title today is The Gift of Worship. Our context is in Matthew chapter 2. Our key verse is verse 11. And it says, And when they were come, speaking of the wise men, or the Magi, or whatever you would like to call them. When they were come into the house, it's not the setting of the birth. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with, his, with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures... They presented unto him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today. To look at this Christmas story 
from another perspective, maybe. And I know that it's a deviation of the series of lessons that we were in, but Lord, I believe it fits also. And it's so important that we know and understand how to give a gift of worship. And we give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. So I did a little bit of um, studying about the Magi. So we know that they were from the east, but not necessarily exactly where they were from. And you can read about um, and, and know from, from studying of secular um, sources that, that they, they had names. I don't know that they were ever named in Scripture. I haven't read that they were named in Scripture. Maybe I just didn't read the right passage. But in the Western world, we say there were three because there were, what, three gifts? And so, but if you go to the eastern side of the world and the area of Persia, they believe that there was at least 12 wise men that came. So whether it was 12, 25, or just three, there were wise men. But magi, they were not just what we think of in this context of the Christmas story, the nativity story. These magi, in order to travel like they did and follow, and they were looking for a star, they were master astrologers. And not necessarily kings, like the song that we could sing, We Three Kings of Orientar. Uh, we have a lot of input from our culture that defines who these men were and, and what they were. But it, uh, the Magi in, in Scripture, they were referred to in um, Jeremiah, talks about that they were um, a prince or a king. And um, in Daniel, it talks about that they were a master astrologer. And also in Daniel, there were magi or they were magicians or soothsayers. And, and there's a lot of that going on in Scripture. There was a lot of that type of um, influence with Nebuchadnezzar. When Daniel interpreted the dream, he called for all the wise men. Who could do nothing. But Daniel, who served God, was able to that. And, and in, in Egypt, there were magicians that were called on. And, and when Pharaoh had his dreams. And he was going to kill them all. Because they couldn't do it. No, I'm not going to tell you my dream. You have to tell me my dream. And it was Joseph who was able to do that. So magi are all throughout scripture in different contexts. But at the time of this story, we're talking about astrologers who saw something in the sky that drew them 
to follow it. And they knew, if you read in the context there in Matthew, which is actually the only book that talks about them around the birth of Jesus. Luke doesn't mention them at all. And, and Matthew, in chapter 1, starts out and makes sure that we know that it's Mary and we know that it's Joseph and that Joseph is going to do what society would not have done and take Mary as his wife and take care of her. And he is going to do what the angel says to do. And then we stop right there and we don't know anything else about the birth of Jesus and we pick up in chapter 2, and the wise men are coming. And they stop in Jerusalem. And they ask, where can we find the king of the Jews of Herod, of all people? You don't want to talk to Herod about a king of the Jews. Because that was his heart's desire. And he was not legitimately able to be the king of the Jews. He paid his way into his position and with cruelty kept it. But there was a king that had been born, and these wise men followed that star, and it came to rest over the house that Jesus had been born. And not born there, but where he was living at the time. So, our icebreaker. What is the biggest sacrifice you've made to give a special gift to a loved one? Maybe it was save money for a long time so that you could and sacrifice money that you could have spent on yourself to get something special for that loved one. I've been in that boat, Sister Belinda. Uh-huh. Ah, so working overtime, that's a big sacrifice. Giving up time in order. There's, there's a lot of ways that we can sacrifice to give. And usually it involves time. And some of the best gifts that are given have not much to do with money. They have to do with time and sacrifice of ourselves. Those are mostly the get best gifts. So worship, worship is a natural response in us. Humanity always wants to put something up here that we worship. We desire to look up to something. But it's the something 
that makes the difference in whether it's obeying this book or not? What is it that we put up here to worship? We need to put Jesus up there in our worship. Christmas is a time of splendor and wonder when we remember to celebrate this birth that we've been talking about for, I don't know, two, three weeks now. Been thinking about it for a lot longer than that. And really, we should think about it all year long because without this birth... There would have been no death, burial, and resurrection. And that would have been and meant that there was no salvation. There was no way to have the connection that we have to our Savior. When reading scripture, we know that the Old Testament didn't work. It didn't work to offer sacrifices daily. To do everything just right. It doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to do everything just right now. He does. He wants us to follow his direction, and he wants to be intimately involved in everything that we do. In everything. From the time of our childhood we are told to remember the reason for the season. And maybe that wasn't a part of your childhood, but it needs to be a part of our lives right now. We need to know the reason. It's not about a Santa Claus. It's not about a tree, if you put a tree in your house or the decorations that may exist there, that is not what it's about. It's about the gift that was given to us more than 2,000 years ago when God robed himself in flesh and was born. We want to believe in something greater than ourselves. So in this focus of the narrative, we need to be and realize that we are moved to worship something. Do you remember a time in your life when you had faith for something that seemed impossible? I I can see several examples here of when we were able to believe, you were able to believe in something that was impossible. We are called to believe. We need to believe. We, we don't have, at this moment, have the privilege of seeing a baby in a manger. The angels haven't come and announced to us that a Savior is born and where to go find him. That you're going to find him in a manger. 
and go and worship. Think about the people that worshiped. And how did they worship in this time? Mary gave permission. to the angel that, yes, it's let it happen just like you said. Think about what that meant to her and the, the sacrifice that she made to say that in worship to a God that she had heard about since she was really little. During the time that God really wasn't speaking. Wouldn't that, that, had that have fallen into that time frame of those 400 years that is that page right before Matthew in your Bible? The division says now it's the New Testament. But her parents raised her to trust in a God that they had heard about themselves all of their lives. And the, the rabbis would teach and know. And Mary said, yes, I will do that. I will sacrifice my reputation, the love of my parents. I would sacrifice my life for this to happen because that is what could have happened. And Joseph, what did he sacrifice? Standing in the community. I'm going to marry my betrothed, even though I know she's already expecting And pride had to be sacrificed. I will do this just as you say, speaking to the angel Gabriel. I am going to sacrifice and give and do. We know that they were called from Nazareth. They had to go pay taxes. And they were called to Bethlehem, just like Scripture had said that it was going to have to happen. Because Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem, that small little community of Bethlehem, David's city. Because who was going to be born? The king of David's line in the city of David. And the next that came and worshipped were the shepherds that the angels announced glory to God in the highest. He's born and he you will find him laying in a manger. Mm -hmm. 
Now I've talked about there is there is um, a reading that I've seen on Facebook uh, that comes around every year that the manger and that area, the field and area that it was, it was an area that was known by all of the shepherds in the area that this is where they would take perfect lambs to be offered for sacrifice. And that's, so the shepherds didn't have to have a star that, you know, hung over the stable because, I mean, every nativity scene you buy, that's what it is. Just like there's only three magi in every nativity scene that you would buy. (laughs) It doesn't matter how many there were. But they came for this purpose. Another miracle that was happening and worship was giving, was given, is that actually before the birth and before the shepherds, there was one more worship that was going on and giving. And that was that Elizabeth was also expecting someone who was considered barren should never have a child. And when Mary came into her presence, she instantly knew, not because of what she saw, but because of what she felt. What draws us into worship? What we feel will draw us into worship. And when we are in worship, we feel more that draws, and it's this cycle of us giving and God-giving in worship. And so Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, according to Scripture, at that moment. And John leapt in the womb of his mother. Some would say that that was the first time she had ever felt any movement from him. I've heard that. I don't know if it's true, obviously. It's never written anywhere. But John leapt in the womb of his mother when Mary walked into their presence. And there was worship that went forth in that setting. There has been a time in all of our lives when we have felt overwhelmed in the presence of God when you couldn't really do anything but just be there and maybe you couldn't even say anything but your heart is giving everything to God because we are called to worship 
we are asked to give a gift of worship. And somewhere around two years later, these magi show up, as our key verse says, Matthew 2 and 11. And they came to the house. And the very first thing they did was they fell down and worshipped that child. They had been searching for the king of the Jews, Matthew 2 and 2, and they continued to follow that star to where Jesus was, and they fell down and worshipped him in chapter 2 and verse 11. They believed that this child, they didn't know how it was going to happen, but they knew that that child was important and deserved worship. They didn't know who he was. And think about this in everyone that so far has been a part of this story. They were all of the lineage of Abraham. All of them. Until you get right here. The Magi were not Jews. Now, there's not very many places in Scripture before this time that you see Gentiles worshiping God. There was always provision under the law that you could bring and, and Gentiles could begin to serve God. And they had to be circumcised and they had to then take on all of the Mosaic law and live like they were Jews. But you don't really read about very many of them happening. And I've never been under the impression, just my opinion, that the Jews really wanted outsiders to be a part They kept people at distance. And it wasn't the open arms that we should be bringing people and having people and telling people about this wonderful Savior that we have. It, it, it wasn't the same. But these, these at least three wise men, that came to the house, gave of could it, two, two and a half years of their life. We don't know when they started on their journey. But it was a long ways. Syria and the edges of India, think about how far that is on the globe. 
It took them a long time. That was a sacrifice. And whoever was left around in their community, what are you doing? You're going to do you're going to follow a star? You're going to go where? Kind of remind you of the folks that were around Noah. What are you doing? What's rain? What is this? For 120 years, people mocked him. And I can't imagine that the people around these wise men were much different. But this king that's going to be born, because we have read the words. If you, if you look really closely at all of the sections that talk about the nativity, the wise men knew more than the wise in the court of Herod. A king? Well, I don't know. He didn't want to have a king be born. But he sent people to search the scriptures. Well, we think it's... But when you find him, please come back and let me know. No. Not going to do that. Because the angel came again into a dream and said, don't, don't go back. You go home a different way. And then we know that Herod did that horrible deed and had all of the children of the area that were two and under killed because he wanted to kill the competition. He didn't want a king that would take his place. But this title, the gift of worship. Now we could spend time talking about the gifts that were brought, that the wise men brought to Jesus and the purpose we know that there's significance of the three gifts. And again, Pastor, you mentioned the other day that they, they may have needed those gifts in order to fund their trip to Egypt. That's not very close trip either. That took days and money. And you never get the impression in Scripture that Joseph and Mary had a lot of money. No, he was a carpenter, and she was just a young virgin from an insignificant family in Nazareth. 
They didn't have the means to do that. But they had the heart to do what God was asking them to do. And so in this season, and all of the seasons of our life, God asks us to have a heart to worship him. He wants us to have a heart that will give whatever is necessary in our lives to connect and worship him. We know of angels that that's their entire purpose is to worship. Brother Mitch talked about the angels that sing holy, holy, holy continuously and how that they rotate around. That was incredible thought that he shared. We will never know all of the aspects of our Savior that we would ever run out of reasons to say holy, holy, holy. And it's our heart that gives us the opportunity to worship our God. We need to worship. If you look into worship, and I was not able to find um, the wonderful message that I've heard in the past. I've not been, wasn't able to connect to it, but I know, and many others probably do also, but I know that Brother Lee Stone King teaches about all of the forms of worship. I, I don't. Sorry, I just couldn't get there. But in this story, in this truth that we're talking about today, and that this season is all about, the forms of worship that are happening in this story are about giving of themselves. And giving is an act of worship. And it's not just giving in the offering pen that's over there, and we're going to have an opportunity later today to add to that empty plate. That is a form of worship. And the scripture says that we're supposed to be what kind of givers? Cheerful givers. <laughs> and then another giving is that, that you're, you're supposed to give and not promote it. And the, the scripture around there talks about that the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. Or the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Yes. Or don't expect anything. It's more blessed to give than receive. You'd think that you would find that in Scripture, but it, I don't know that the words are there, but the act is there. That we are to give in worship. 
and we give gifts at this time. But I would like to think that Christmas isn't all about what's under that tree or, you know, stacked up against the wall or laid out on the hearth or however they're displayed at this time of year in your house. The gifts, it's not about that. It's not about all of that wrapping and such. It's really about the gift that comes from the heart, what went into that. It may be a gift that gets unwrapped, but what was the thought behind it? And so we tend to concentrate on things like that nowadays. And, and we're, we're, we're right up against a deadline today. <laughs> Merry Christmas Eve. <laughs> but worship in this factual instance in time, there was giving that was worship. And there was bowing down prostrating yourself. If you look at that, it's, it's falling on your knees and bowing your head to the ground. And there, are, there, there is a religion in this world today, a large religion, that that is their worship. It's scriptural. But Lord, help them to know who they should worship. God, give them open eyes that they can see who they should be worshiping. And that's true for all people who really don't completely understand this book. They just have a little of it. And we are blessed with truth. We are blessed with knowing and understanding what it means that God came and gave himself for us to have relationship again, to connect us and retie the, the, the string, the cord that connected mankind to himself. And to wipe away what separates us and wipe away our sin. All of that and many other ways of worship Many other ways to worship God. And we are going to be worshiping here in just, you know, 20 minutes. So let me wrap this up. They bowed down in humility. You can't 
bow down in front of someone without humbling yourself. Because we want to stand up and be, our tendency, our human nature is we want to stand up and be proud. You know, stand like, you know, you have a string in the top of your head and stand up straight and, yeah. Good posture and all of that stuff. No, if, you're, if you are bowing down, something changes in your heart. Communion and foot washing, you can't participate in foot washing without humbling yourself. And I know several people who don't like it because... Because it's, it, it's, hum, it's humility. And that's not, that's, that's not easy. That's, that's not an easy thing to do. The greatest thing that was an act of giving that happened in this is that the God of glory gave up all of that for a time frame. To be born in a very humble way. Most of our children are born in much better circumstances. Can't imagine. I cannot imagine. But he gave. John says that he gave his only begotten son. Isn't that, that's probably the most famous scripture in the entire text Next to Psalm 23. But he gave everything to be born. And in just a few months, we're going to talk about, and we can talk about it between then, too. But he gave everything again when he willingly laid his life down. So we can't have this. And glory in his resurrection if we don't worship and honor his birth. We can't. And sometimes we are not always able to worship and give and be who we want to be. We have dreams and aspirations. Maybe we even have words from the Lord that haven't taken place in our life yet. And we're still waiting for that to be there and that happening. Have you heard the tale of three trees? 
there were three trees growing in a wood, and they had dreams. One of them wanted to be made into a beautiful chest that would be covered with gold and hold precious things. The second tree wanted to be a great ship that would sail the seas. And the third wanted to be a great, made into a great edifice that would honor God. And one day, the men in the axes came and they were chopped down. Yay, the day is the day that I'm going to be what I dream I want to be. And tree number one was made into a feed box. Not exactly what he had dreamed of, but okay, I'll be a feed box. Tree number two was just made into a fishing boat. Yes. We appreciate a fishing boat. But it wasn't the ship that was going to sail the seas. It wasn't the dream. And the third tree got chopped down and made into long poles and just thrown in the lumber pile. Now you already know what I'm going to say. That feed box held the king of glory and knew in that moment that nothing more precious or more important could be done with his life, that tree's life. That fishing boat one day held the king of glory to go across the sea, and there was a huge storm. And the man of the hour stood up in the boat and said, that's enough, peace be still. And all of the storm went away. And that tree knew right then how important that man was. And that third tree was pulled out of the lumber pile one day. And carried by that precious man to Calvary. And the greatest act in the history of mankind happened that day on that tree. And that tree lifted up the gift, the best gift. And we are asked to give a gift of worship. And we're going to do that today. Lord bless you and God be with you. And again, Merry Christmas Eve.